You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. Uh, we're back. We are back. Live and yeah. on location. Um, kind of not really at all, actually. We're two different yeah, time zones. I'm in, um, we're live. I'm in the land of heavily armed racist alligators. Florida is the weirdest state. I get why like every time the election comes around, everyone's like, oh, fuck, Florida. They're going to ruin it for us. Like, This is the craziest place. You know what? I think it was Karl Marx said that religion is opiate for the masses. Um, I think essential oils are opiates for bored housewives. This is the strangest fucking place in the entire world, man. Like Tampa is, God bless everyone in Tampa, super hospitable, but fuck. It's like some weird Stepford vibes. Like no one works. Everyone's not in like everyone's in public all the time like coffee shops and all this it's like don't you people have jobs it's a weird place man <laughs> real strange oh man yeah i don't miss the silicon valley though other than hanging out with you but <laughs> i can understand that this like, place kind of sucks florida traffic is adorable like everyone's like oh no it's like 3 30 i was like there's like four stoplights what are you guys worried about try the one-on-one south at like five o'clock yeah, dude, this traffic will prepare you for a lot of things in life. You know what it probably won't prepare you for? What's Whatever that? the fuck the CrossFit Open was this year. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> There's no amount of traffic that could make dude. that make sense. Oh, my God. The further removed I get from it, the more happy I am. Dude, it's like the fucking <laughs> Manson family. What was going on there? Dude, yeah, it was, it was pretty gnarly. I don't know. They did this whole thing like production. Uh, they reduced the budget, I guess, for the production cost. So like the whole thing, it's it doesn't look as cool. Mm-hmm. So in the end result, is it's just not as cool. <laughs> so they didn't have know, like but, the whole like Hunger Games release thing. Exactly, they took that away. So it's not as suspenseful. Why do you um, think the they workouts did that? are just terrible. Um, I don't know, dude. Greg Glassman is just firing people left and right. Like, he's... Oh, shit, dude. Almost everyone associated with, like, the CrossFit Games has been fired. That's insane. So they're doing... Yeah, they're doing, like, uh, some reshaping, rebranding. They're targeting uh, the general population CrossFitter, I guess, more than the competitive CrossFitter. Interesting. Do you yeah. ever hear about the CEO of General Electric? We may have talked about him before. I don't know. So he used to do this thing. Fuck, I forget his name. But he used to do this thing where at the end of every year, he would fire his lowest like 10 or 20% performing employees. <laughs> that sounds like Glassman, man. He sounds like he's just coming in with the axe and just like... It's, it's like the Oprah of unemployment. It's like, you're out of a job. You're out of a job. It's like, holy fuck, bro. Like a, little bit of, like a little bit of loyalty. Like, man, how many people have been in that since like day jump and helped build your brand and you just fucking jettison them? Like it's, like it's nothing, man. Like it's pretty shitty on his end. 
Yeah, dude, that's super shitty. <laughs> do you think it'll yield a return? Like, do you think that CrossFit as like an actual company will benefit from this? I don't know, man. Um, I think a lot of what they're focusing on is like becoming more worldwide, getting into like basically every country and all this shit. And they're probably doing a good job at that. But it's just a a pretty big change from what they've done in the past. Yeah. So I I suppose being able to pivot is like a key in business, but time will tell, man. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to work for someone like that. Fuck shit. Yeah. Are they the affiliate fees still the same? Like, have you seen anything at, like, the actual, like, grassroots level? Is how they talk about, like, clubs and stuff like that? You know, I'm not actually sure about that. I know it's gone up since since the beginning, mm. um, but I don't, I don't know if it's gone up recently since all these changes. Interesting. But, yeah. That's I don't know. I Maybe we get someone to get some statistics on that is, numbers how yeah much? we should uh we should get one of our crossfit friends you know what we should get is get someone who got axed get them on the show oh shit just i know fucking, i know a couple of them just yo a tell all man like some, i'd love to hear kind of what goes on in the inner circle because you don't make that much money without stepping on a few throats you know yeah that's for sure fucking multi-billion dollar company that's crazy. You know what? And this is lesson learned, man. For everyone out there, you should just try and get jacked. You should just try and get <laughs> jacked and be done with CrossFit and, and just, um, you know, start with hypertrophy training. And what a better place to start and what a better segue. <laughs> that was actually not bad, considering like we've literally had segues where we're like, yeah, so Nazis. Um, hip stability. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about hip stability. It's like, holy shit. Um, no, so big things. We're coming up on the first 12 weeks of our pre-script programming. Uh, so the powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, our, um, our early adopters, our early friends and family who caught, caught the first wave are coming up at the end. Um, and yeah. now we've announced uh, hypertrophy programming to be released today. So we got a lot of interest actually within the group. Um, to see more like body composition increase, basically increase size um, as a way to complement our other programs. So we have brought to you um, the first of what will be continual hypertrophy programming. So it's going to be a 16-week program. Um, but did you want to kind of recap the first 16 weeks, what we saw in weightlifting, what we saw in powerlifting? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I think we've gotten some really good feedback from uh, from the members that are just finishing the first kind of block of programming. I know with the weightlifting, we went through kind of three three distinct cycles, building up towards um, uh, building towards a new one rep max snatch and clean and jerk. And um, the biggest kind of thing that I like the most, the the feedback that I like the most on the weightlifting. Um, most people just told me they felt good with it. Like he, they just felt like their body felt better. Um, all the the recovery days, the uh, the accessory work, it makes sense to them. Um, and it's all building towards one common goal that has I spent a fucking lot of time, kind of uh, piecing everything together. So it it means a lot to me that people are actually kind of they're they're seeing why it makes sense and seeing um that it all comes together at the end. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's, it's nice to see like what, like 
that's what I like about training, man. That's what I like about training. That's what I like about business. Like, and I think that's why a lot of people gravitate to weight training. It's so much shit in your life you can put effort into and it does not yield a return. It's like, well, that was a giant waste of fucking time where it's like with training and like proper programming or like, like business and like proper systems. It's like, okay, if I put in the work, we're going to get an outcome where it's like, Oh, have you ever been on like a really bad date before? <laughs> like, no, seriously, where you're just like literally sitting there halfway through. You know, there used to be an app, or I'm sure there's still an app, and it's probably better now than it used to be. But like, I used to have an app on my phone where it's like it would select, you could go in and put a timer on, and then you could select a contact on your phone. And then in like whatever time you chose, like 45 minutes, half hour, it would generate a fake call that looked like whatever contact you chose was calling you at that time. So I used to, like, <laughs> when I was like 19 or 20, I was like, I used to, like, if I was going on a date with someone, I was like, oh, God, I don't know. I would set a timer and be like, oh, you know, my, my mom's car broke down, so I need to kind of keep my phone on me just in case. And then, so like 30 minutes later, corroborates with the story, phone rings, like, hold on, sorry, I really got to take this. And then if it was going well, it would be like, oh, no, mom's got the cars fixed or whatever, whatever. And, or if it was going bad, it's like, yeah, so gots to go, <laughs> right? But it's just like, so you oh, put shit. time into that and it's like, this is going to yield nothing for no one. So it's like, the thing with training is like, if you put it in and you can see the outcome, like, I mean, just going through the Facebook now, like, you know, I, I don't have full maxes in the first wave, like some, some rep PRs, like kind of um, two to three sets or two to three reps. And it's like we had um, Mateo hit 440 for a PR double, so 200 kilos. Um, who else? Clayton had, uh, okay, so this is week 12 review. His previous bench PR was 250 and he hit 250 for a two by two in the final week. So it's like, oh. yeah, and it's like, it fucking, like, little shit matters, man. Like, I swear it's, it's because every workout has, like, the requisite mobility and stability that brings you to the same starting point. Because it's like, if you can't, like, I don't know, I, I, I steal this from Ben, but, like, if you can't qualify a stimulus, you can't quantify it. So in, like, all our preparatory work for the workouts that are guided by, like, video instruction, make sure that the stimulus that we're trying to wave from, like, a fucking you know, back end of an app is because we're not there in person, we're ensuring as best we can that the quality of each movement is consistent across a 12 week block, right? So I think um, as we move forward into hypertrophy, gonna see even bigger changes just because there's so much variability and so much latitude when it comes to hypertrophy programming. Um, so you have a continuation of the Olympic lifting weight uh, block coming up, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's um, that gonna What's that gonna look like? Yeah, so what we're moving into will be a two week deload, um, just because the squats. Um, there's actually a hundred two percent front squat in the final week of uh, of the first block, so that's hopefully you guys are hitting some PRs there. But um, uh, the squat intensity got really high in that last block, and we're obviously trying to um, hit a one a new one rep max in the snatch and clean and jerk. Um, so it's just two weeks. First week is completely off the barbell, um, and it works on just just working to eliminate some of the imbalances we can get when we co go into those um, peaking blocks. Um, so a lot of unilateral work, a lot of hip and shoulder stability work, and um, just like spinal range of motion. Um, 
things to just get you moving better, kind of reset, take some of the stress off the joints. And then the uh, the second week of the deload, um, you actually get back on a barbell, lighter weights just to keep the movement pattern. Um, and that's just um, variations of the snatch and clean and jerk. No squatting quite yet. Um, and keeping that undertone of a lot of the uh, the unilateral stability work. And then, uh, then after that, we're diving right into another 12-week block of uh, just a, basically a lifting cycle that's centered around leg strength. So that's something that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, so, coming off that coming off that knee thing, watching your Bambi legs trying to get under a bar was like, man, fuck me. Yeah, well, it's hard. Man. Like, it's people don't respect like just what really what strength is, right? Like, strength and power are like two totally separate things, and I think it gets conflated. Like, power. I would say by definition, Olympic lifting is power lifting. Like, power is strength fast. And you right. motherfuckers got to move quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that force times distance over time, baby. Work. So, Do work. Yeah. It's basically, like, imagine that Rihanna song if she were, like, laid in the equation. No, no, fuck it. That's, I don't think it would be as catchy. I've been in Florida for too long, man. It's been, like, it's, a, it's been nothing but, like... You, you know, soca music and a lot of pitbull. There's like a lot of everything. It's like you can go on a Christian rock station in Florida. Pitbull's guaranteed playing. It's like everyone's wearing <laughs> fucking cabana clothes. This place is this place is backwards as fuck. Anyways, hypertrophy program coming up. What we're looking at, 16 weeks. Now here's the thing, I don't understand eight week hypertrophy programs. Like the under, like the adaptations you're trying to make, like at the tissue level, it's like eight weeks. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? This shit takes time, and it takes like forethought and progression. It's 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 no different than my than in my mind than than creating strength or creating speed. Um, just the the metabolic adaptations you have to make and the the variance you have to implement. There's so much that goes on with hypertrophy training that I don't think really gets respected. And the nice thing about like the way our programs are delivered, it's every exercise has rest periods. Every ref, every exercise has um, tempo. And I think more so, more so in hypertrophy, those variants get taken out of it. It's like very much a cerebral like how you feel. We're we're in strength and power. So in the powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting program, people are used to quantifying their values, right? Like. If you're gonna go really heavy, then it's like you know three to five minutes rest or or whatever, or like the flip side of that, if you're gonna do like an EMOM or something like that. So people really respect in strength and power development the the necessity for, um, if at the very least, rest periods and sometimes based off the accessory movement tempo as well. But when it comes to hypertrophy, man, like basically exercise selection is gonna come down to two things. It's gonna come down to the strength curve of the muscle and the resistance profile of how we're loading that muscle. And then tempo becomes, okay, like think for example, uh, of like variations of like a bicep curl, right? So muscles are usually weakest in their fully short and fully lengthened position. So if I'm gonna do an incline bicep curl versus a spider curl, where the incline's gonna overload in the lengthened position and the spider curl's gonna overload in the shortened position, I wanna superimpose a tempo that's gonna have me spend more time in the weak points that are loaded, right? So it's like if I have a three second uh, 
hold in a fully stretched position on a spider curl, it's like, well, what the fuck's the point? There's no tension. Like we don't really pick up that resistance profile of the way we're loading that those joints until we're in that mid to end range in the fully shortened position. So I'm gonna make sure that the tempo for like a spider curl is gonna be, you know, minimal time um, at the end range of an eccentric. So it'd be like a two second eccentric, a zero second pause, two second concentric with a two second pause in the shortened position. Where in, in an incline curl, where that force curve drops off at the top in the shortened position, you're gonna totally flip the tempo. So it's gonna be, you're gonna spend some time in the lengthened position, spend some time getting out of it, and then spend very minimal time in the fully shortened position as a means of going back into the range we're trying to challenge. That's just bicep curls. Like that level, no, but like, dude, that level of thought like, literally has to go into, okay, how does the bicep curl fit into this day's program? How does this day's program fit into the block? How does it fit in as far as frequency in training in that block? What's the progression into the next block? So it's like the program right now is 16 weeks. So it's gonna be four, four week progressions. Um, and there's so many, and the nice thing about hypertrophy training is it's like you give so much latitude for progression, right? Like you can, you can progress tempo, you can progress force curves, you can progress frequency, you can progress volume, intensity. It's like most people just volume intensity. That's where they live. They're gonna do some for a few, or they're gonna do a little for a lot. Like that's kind of the go, where it's like, because we have access to like, you know, understanding the necessity of exercise selection, understanding the necessity of exercise order, understanding how the tempo, the force curve, and the resistance profile all need to superimpose to create challenge in a muscle I, um, for a particular purpose as far as overloading parts of the curve, then you just need to kind of orchestrate and maestro this shit and put it all together. So it's, it's a lot of fun writing a program like this, but so many details go into it that when you guys open the app, it's like reps and sets, right? That's really all you're seeing. Reps, sets, tempo, um, and rest periods where it's like understanding that unless you can have a 15 minute conversation about two separate bicep curl variations and why the tempo is the way it is, it's like there's a lot of hypertrophy programming out there that I don't think could have that cerebral level conversation. And it's like not to shit on anyone, like, everything works, nothing works every time. And like a lot of hypertrophy programming is in uh, novelty of stimulus, which people will see a benefit from just changing the way they train or at the very least having consistent training modalities to stick to. But it's like, if you really want to be efficient with your time, if you really, you know, if you're someone who values their time to the point where it's like, all right, this is a bad day, I'm 30 minutes and I'm fucking out of here then I think being able to at least have these depths of thought where it's like if someone asks me a question, hey, on, you know, on week eight, when we're finishing the second block of uh, four week uh, or four times a week, why is this here? And I could reverse that one exercise back from day one, why it's there and then where it's going to go into week 16. So, I mean, not to like fucking blow my own horn or anything, but put a lot of time into this, like hypertrophy is sort of my first love when it came to training styles. And I've had like the unique opportunity to work with some really smart, um, smart bodybuilders, smart exercise physiologists, smart strength coaches. So there's, there's a fuck ton of experience that's gone into this program. And hopefully like the way I look at evidence is like, there's empirical research, there's personal experience, and then there's kind of like clinical application.
It's like we, when we design programs, like to think that we have all three covered. Yeah, absolutely. Because you actually, and we, why have we not dug up this picture yet? (laughs) That should be the fucking cover photo is your bodybuilding days. Do you still have that? <laughs> no, it's on Facebook somewhere. No oh, one actually wants to see that. Up now, excuse me. Um, Let me see. No, so we're so the program's laid out. Um, four four week, four separate four week blocks, sixteen weeks total. Um, it's going to be something that continues on past that. Um, so it's going to be like another, like just like powerlifting, it's just continuous programming past the first twelve weeks. So your first, um, your first three month commitment after that. So a lot of our team is um, sticking with powerlifting. Some are gonna actually move over uh, and try 16 weeks of hypertrophy training. Um, then after that, we're gonna start to splinter off into like deadlift specific or squat specific, peaking cycles, things like that. Um, but the overwhelming majority of people wanted to see uh, kind of a body composition hypertrophy block thrown in so that's kind of what we brought to the table so when you sign up you get plugged into our facebook group the nicest thing is like the people that we oh he just sent the picture <laughs> stop you dead in your tracks <laughs> i'm very aroused that's amazing and i have a new background on my phone okay how thank, cute is that that's you know if that doesn't get you laid i mean come on yeah. what are you tipping <laughs> scales out there um i was probably about 155 pounds there. I don't know if this sounds weird, but I don't know where to look <laughs> looking at this picture. Just look, just, you know what to look just at. Soak just soak it all in. It's all him, <laughs> ladies. It's all out there. Um, no, it's a 16 week program. And I think, and that's like a bare minimum for like, uh, like a progressive hypertrophy program. So the first block or like micro cycles are going to be uh, lower frequency. So four days a week, so kind of an upper, lower, upper, lower with heavier emphasis on compound movements. Now coming off a powerlifting block with some of our lifters, and I think just as a general rule, we're not going in a, we're not going to go into conventional lifts because the thing with like squat, bench, deadlift is that we're trying to be advantageous mechanically, right? Like we're trying to be efficient. Now when it comes to like challenging muscles you need to actually create purposeful inefficiency to create the most amount of internal stress with the least amount of external load as a general rule right so the more distance we can utilize to uh, create a longer lever to create more stress at the muscle the easier it'll be on our joints so the better it'll complement with like the prescript corrective exercise like prep work for each movement Um, so that's where we're going to start off is like you're going to see some heavier, I don't want to say compound, but like more barbell, a little heavier on the dumbbell side, a little less on the machines, just because we, we're trying to create, because it's not about how much damage you can do, it's about how much you can recover from, right? So when we're looking at like, um, you know, these higher uh, taxing movements, whether they're metabolically taxing or neurologically taxing, if we're going to have four days of like, you know, a lot of compound movements that are free weight variants, we're going to need to recover. So the first two, four week blocks is going to be four days a week. And then we start the progression. So as we peel back the the barbell movements and go in a little bit more in isolation, a little bit more into this challenging through range principles, which are going to then lead us down the rabbit hole of like utilizing different resistance profiles for machines, 
as a means of challenging strength curves of muscles in isolation, then we're gonna start to move understanding that a machine is gonna in induce less stress than a barbell or a dumbbell. Now we're gonna move to just a slightly higher frequency, right? We're gonna move five days a week for eight weeks. Or, sorry, um, so four, four, yeah. So we're gonna go, um, for the next block, we're gonna go uh, five days a week, and then the next step, obviously moving to a six days a week for the final, um, for the final um, last part of the program. So the idea is like minimum effective dose always, right? We wanna create the most amount of change with the little, like most amount of change to our body with the least amount of change to the actual variance. So you, even week to week, you gotta pay attention because like there might be a progression where the reps and sets are the same, but the tempo on each rep is different, right? So you're gonna move from like a one second eccentric to a two or a three. And it's like, if your execution is where it should be, and if you're following all the, like the three or four preparatory movements, watching the videos, making sure that you're executing properly, that change across things, you do four sets of an exercise, that each rep, that say there's 10 reps, has a two second longer duration, right? So you're adding 20 seconds of time under tension in a, in a single set, and then you're doing that in four sets or three sets. You're adding an extra minute of tension. That's a lot of time if you're executing properly and you're executing consistently. Um, so that's gonna be where like a lot of this program is gonna live and die. Like, like good exercise programming is like, it's like a good lie, man. The devil's in the details. So in really creating like substantial amount of change in what I still deem to be like not a very long period of time when it comes to body composition, doing it like in between the lines is where you're gonna see the best results. So for me, that's like it in a nutshell. I and mean, again, if you guys have questions, you can shoot us, shoot us an email. Um, either jshallow at prescript.com or jjunta at prescript.com. Um, so, I don't know, I, that's, I just went like full-blown uh, Rain Man there, talking about force curves <laughs> and resistance profiles. Now, you haven't seen it yet. Do you have any questions? Speaking um, on behalf of the hypertrophy program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you have any sort of nutrition recommendations to go with this? Yeah, that's I mean, a if you're good eating for size, it's going to be different than eating for strength as opposed to eating for endurance and all that stuff. So um, how should people be treating their bodies recovering in terms of um, maybe amount of sleep, things like that, um, nutrition to be paired with this program to get the best results from it? So I, I, like anything, I think it's going off an assessment of your baseline competency, but there are some general rules that I like to follow um, when it comes to hypertrophy, because in strength, because our volume, especially in the last like four to six weeks of the block, is fairly low and our intensity is high, it's just energy systems, right? Like I don't necessarily for strength athletes think that the metabolic profile of what you're walking into a workout with really reigns supreme over a hormonal profile. So what I mean by that is like, you're gonna create a more conducive neurological state for executing higher intensity exercise, devoid of like the hormone cascades that come with increased carbohydrate intake. Like this idea of like carbs for energy and carb loading, it's like, eh, I don't know, man. Like. I think for me, like I'm at my sharpest neurologically, like whether it's whether it's programming, whether it's writing, whether it's you know uh, podcasting, or honestly whether it's like executing 
strength work. Like your body replenishes glycogen devoid of carbohydrates, right? Like it doesn't do it to a full capacity. I want to say I've seen research that goes somewhere between 70 to 75%. But if you're not under the volume in which that glycogen is being tapped as a resource for energy at the level of the muscle cell, it's like there's no real point of like loading up on carbs prior to training for strength. That being said, for hypertrophy, where our whole goal is to live in that energy system, right? That glycolytic energy system that's gonna be breaking down muscle and then having the energy demand coming at the level of the, like the tissue being challenged itself. What I do from a macronutrient standpoint, I, I'm a bit different because I am at heart kind of like a strength athlete, but start people starting off with a gram, per, gram of protein per body, um, pound of body weight, then go, um, usually depending on body weight, I'm putting in the fats from there, but then a carbohydrate intake of like 35% of your total macronutrient range on training days. Uh, and then on off days, dropping that down to about 25 to 20% and then filling in the rest of your calories with fats from there. I think that's a good way to do it. And nutrient timing, I think is really big. Um, so going into your workout or basically keeping your carbohydrates around your workout. So I don't think most people are of the body composition where carbs for breakfast are necessarily um, a good idea if body composition is of the highest priority. So that affords you an, uh, an opportunity to actually just have more carbs around the time in which we're going to be tapping into that system. So I like the idea of you know, uh, breaking my the majority of the bulk of my carbohydrate intake when I'm in a hypertrophy block around and in my training. So for me, like being a little on the heavier side, understanding that my carb intake when I'm on a training day is going to be upwards of, you know, 360 to 400 grams of carbs. Like that's a lot of rice. So what what I'll do is getting an inner workout. Or cinnamon buns. Cinnamon buns, sure. <laughs> might be tipping the scales on the fat side but anyways but getting like a carbohydrate supplement depending on your size and your honestly your lifestyle too right like we get to do this in in isolation and we really get to tailor our lifestyles around our training but knowing that the clients we work with it's like they can't necessarily do that so i think you know if you if you have numbers that you're trying to hit from like a macronutrient standpoint getting a good inner workout carb supplement as a way to augment and also keep your carbohydrates around your training, I think is gonna play huge dividends, A, on your performance, right? If you're getting the right uh, carb source. So like um, branch chain cyclic dextrin shows to be kind of the, the front runner. Again, I'm not like a huge nutrition guy, but I mean, I know enough about the basic physiology. Like the cyclic dextrin has a higher molecular weight that permeates the GI tract. So it's like technically when we're training and we're in a sympathetic state, our ability to absorb um, macronutrients and micronutrients is like diminished, right? Parasympathetic is rest and digest. Sympathetic is fight or flight. So the idea with like these, you know, cyclic dextrin as a carb source as opposed to uh, dextrose or waxy maize or something like that, is just, I think the, what's been explained to me is the molecular weight helps permeate the GI tract, devoid of any real like active digestion process. Um, so that's a big one for me is the carbohydrate around your training session. And then that way it's like, regardless of where you are in the day, like say you're training early, 
okay, well, breakfast is now, you know, we're not going to abide by that rule. We're going to throw carbs in because it's not breakfast, it's your pre-workout meal, inner workout, post-workout, and then if you get your carbs in there, the rest of your meals throughout the day are going to be are going to be just protein and fat. Um, then same thing goes in reverse. If you train later at night, a couple meals prior um, or earlier in the day are going to be void of carbohydrates. And then going into your training session, carbs, carbs in your workout, carbs post-workout, and then call it a night. So I think that's a good rule. Uh, you, you brought up a good point that I think so many people don't, um, don't respect, sleep, right? Sleep is going to be what sets, you know, it's going to reset your your HPA axis, it's gonna be how your body um, releases cortisol. So like, you know, if the name of the game is essentially like managing blood sugar and insulin spikes and, and basically having those GLUT4 receptors drive, um, drive micro or macronutrients where we want them, it's like, if your sleep is fucked, man, like that HPA axis is gonna be, you know, equally as fucked and your cortisol releases are gonna spike raising and elevating your blood sugar in times where you don't need it. So a lot of people like when they really start to monitor blood glucose, when they wake up in the morning and they're not sleeping well, they'll actually start to see a huge spike. And it's like, well, you know, like I've just fasted for eight hours. Why is my blood glucose so high? It's like the cortisol release, it, it sort of goes off of your circadian rhythm. So there's four pulses kind of throughout the day. Um, and if you're not getting good sleep, your body actually anticipates your wake up time and knows your day to be a stress and actually prepares you for that by releasing cortisol uh, and increasing your blood sugar because it knows itself to be stressed during the day. So getting good sleep is gonna be one of the fundamentals. Like you can't necessarily change um, to the effect that we're trying to change our physique in 16 weeks without having adequate sleep. So um, I'm not huge on like the bio tracking stuff or bio um, biomarkers, but um, and we don't like I'm not we're not sponsored by or endorsed by or whatever. But the best one on the market right now, I think, is the Aura Ring. Um, I've actually met uh, Harpreet, who's the CEO of, of Aura, a handful of times, and like just the continuous data, and not only of sleep but of HRV, and we'll save that for another podcast. Um, I think that's kind of your best way as far as monitoring. Big guys, get a fucking sleep study. Don't be an idiot. Like if you're, if you have some sort of apnea and someone's basically like, you know, if you're not breathing for half of every minute, every night, like you're not going to be able to recover. Right. And that's, uh, you don't need to be a fucking scientist to figure that out. So, um, doing what's necessary behind the scenes is just going to compliment. It's just going to fan the flame as far as like what the intended goal is of the program. Right. So we're, we're doing as best as we can without standing over your shoulder to make sure that your execution is, is, is continuous from training session to training session, making sure that it's like, okay, you know, the, the, the designations of the prescript movements for hypertrophy, for strength, for Olympic weightlifting are not arbitrary, right? It's like, what ranges do we need to have freedom of movement in? Where's the mobility? What end ranges will we be loading as a means of creating, in this case, tissue damage? Where do we need the stability? Then how do we integrate that in with the exercises that follow? So that's, you know, in efforts of, of standardizing everyone's workout across the board, taking onus upon yourself to standardize your recovery, right? All we're doing is driving stimulus. We're giving you the opportunity to recover to an equal, um, 
to, to an equal adaptation that we're trying to drive, like we're basically setting the stage and giving you kind of half the battle where it's like what you do within the results you yield will be of a direct consequence of your ability to recover from the sessions that we're putting you through. Yep. I love that. Dig it. Yeah, man, that's exactly, um, that's a good way to put it because we're putting a lot into the programming, uh, more than most, I think to set you guys up for success. So if you can meet us halfway with that recovery, you guys are going to get some great results. Yeah, and I think the nice thing too with the group and us having access, it's like, yeah, the program the program is set, the goals are laid out, and that's why we have specifics. Like this is hypertrophy, this is strength and powerlifting, this is, this is speed and Olympic weightlifting. It's being able to have access to whatever, um, whatever individual, like individual considerations you need on the Facebook group. And the best thing is, Dan, the smartest answers never come from me and you. It's like we go on and we moderate the group and it's just like, you know, we're recording a podcast right now. So I'm sure there's like stuff going on in the group. By the time we get there, someone will have a question and you'll have eight better answers that are like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, just do it. Do totally what he said. That was like, wait, I'm going to write that down. And it's like just a base level competency, man. And it's going to sound fucked up, but like your network is your net worth. And, I, and I've found that out in business, like surround yourself with the right people. Like that's why I mean, me and you, when we went to like expand our, our, our team, we didn't want slapstick fucking fitness professionals. It's like, oh, we got real adults running our shit. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's so everyone in Prescript is a doctor to some extent. Like our CEO Clem is a physicist. And our CTO, Mark, works for NASA and he's like doing DARPA shit that he can't talk about. And he's like missing calls because he's got to talk to the president. And it's like, and I think that's long term for us. We knew that was a better solution because like we need to surround ourselves with people who challenge us. We need to surround ourselves with people that make us better. It's like, you know, we have like calls every week. And it's like, we would have never had that before. We would have been like, hey, bro, Chipotle, only if we can get donuts after. And it's like, okay. And it's the same thing when it comes to like whatever you're like, so that was a business goal that we had. So we surrounded ourselves with people who knew more than us. Now with training, it's like constantly trying to surround yourself with people who know more. And it's like everyone who's bought into the system is, you know, they're, it's not like we're coaching and moderating. It's we're just like, we're, I'm equal parts learning as I am coaching. So being able yeah. to learn from everyone's in the group, I think is such a valuable asset. So especially like when, when we're talking about recovery, you know, that's going to be where those conversations can be had and the personalization based off of your lifestyle or based off of your goals, that's where we can do it. So it's, I mean, it's scalable one-on-one -on -one coaching, but it's not one-on-one -on -one because you have a team behind you of everyone who's going through the same thing that can kind of give their two cents. So it's not just, you know, 20 plus years of experience between me and you. It's like literally hundreds of years of experience in this group. So. Um, it's pretty cool to watch, like especially now as we're kind of uh, harvesting the fruits of 12 weeks of labor and you know the 10 years that went into each one of our programs to see people go like, holy shit, okay, I took my bench PR and I did a two by two with it. Maybe the Google programs I was running before were not the best thing. So it's like, like I said, devil's in the details, man. And I think we do the best that we can is to cover our basis and be as detailed as possible without literally standing over your shoulder. Yeah, 100%, dude. So if we made it this far and you're still listening, I think you deserve a reward. 
So it's going to be uh, exclusive to RX Radio. It's going to be, um, what, it's size 20, right? Size 20, size all caps. 20, yep. all caps. So if you sign up now, um, go to www.pre-script.com and sign up. Um, so for the hypertrophy program, so mobility, stability, and size, it's going to be 20% off um, just you know, for putting up with our demented ramblings uh, and altogether just dealing with RX Radio. Um, if you have any questions about the podcast, reach out info at prescript.com. Hit us up on Instagram um, at the functional Cairo and or red, white, and Jordan, W-I-T-E, or at the underscore muscle underscore doc. Um, that's it for me, man. I don't know if you have anything to add to close it off. That's it, man. Stay safe in Florida, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many inside jokes in that. Okay. We'll do a podcast on that later. You know what? I think I, I want to, you know, I'm 28. I'm near the end. I think I might be writing <laughs> memoirs soon, and I'm not. Gonna... I'm near the end. <laughs> this fucking oh, guy, man! I keep burning the candle at both ends like this. There's no fucking way I'm seeing thirty. Uh, but rather shit. than doing writing memoirs, I might just do my memoirs as a series of like, like RX Radio like time capsule memories. Like, <laughs> oh, like we talked about this. Like Pharrell made an album and put it in a time capsule, and like. In 30 years, he's going to release it if, like, the world doesn't burn or something. I'm like, good, let the fucker burn. I don't want to hear it. If I have to hear another song like Happy Again, I'm going to murder everyone. Um, but I'll just do that, like, just, like, don't even read a eulogy. Just hit play at my funeral. Just, like, hey, call it everyone. And another thing. But anyways, um, we've gone too far down the rabbit hole. I'm too, too caffeinated to go on. Uh, so fire off any questions you have. Oh, um, other thing, apparel. The fuck oh, off dude, strong stuff me. is everyone, man, digging the fuck off strong shirts. Um, <laughs> so, uh, com. I believe it's backslash apparel. If not, just go to the main page and click through. Um, we have prescript stuff, mobility, stability, strength. Um, and then we also have our RX radio, fuck off strong. I think we have a t shirt right now and a coffee mug, which the coffee mug, I've seen a few. Um, a few pictures going through, and who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll I'll, I'll tie in the hashtag "fuck off strong" um, or "fuck off big." I actually just got get "fuck off big" <laughs> as a hashtag, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but head on over to prescript.com, grab some shit. New program now live, uh, size twenty at checkout. And if you're going to uh, on iTunes, Spotify, leave us a rating review. It's been a while. Um, so go on there, five star rating and review. Um, and yeah, and we will see you all next week. Well, we won't see you, um, but you will listen to us yell into microphones next week. <laughs> all right. All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right. See you guys.